Well, if it's true, it's obviously um, extremely disturbing. You know, opening up the Kimberley to fracking is the type of thing that you'd expect someone like Donald Trump to do. And, uh, you know, we've got the Kimberley as this, um, this incredible place in the world where we've got the largest, most intact tropical savanna and the most uh, pristine coastline. And here we are facing one of the dirtiest, most polluting industries in the world. And uh, we just don't understand why WA Labour would actually even think about fracking the Kimberley. Uh, we've got a huge amount of support in the community uh, calling for a ban. And uh, if Labour votes um, or makes a decision to allow fracking in the Kimberley, uh, we'll be um, basically ready to run a long-term campaign from the Kimberley. And we'll be calling on support from all over the world, uh, like we did with James Price Point. So, yeah, we're, we're very concerned at the moment, and um, the government needs to know that there's a very strong feeling against fracking here. And I'll get to that, uh, I, I guess, quite incredible opposition that there already is uh, brewing within the Kimberley in just a second. But I guess looking at the, the state Labour Party, uh, can you give us any indication as to what, uh, I guess, politicians within the Kimberley itself, um, not just in the ALP, but perhaps also in the Nationals, what their stance has been on, on, on fracking in regards to uh, the Kimberley and, and whether or not that's uh, shifted at all, or you hope that you might actually receive some support from within the ALP itself? Well, what we do know is that in July this year, the member for the Kimberley, Josie Farah, um, came out very strongly publicly calling for a ban on fracking in the Kimberley. Uh, we also know that um, Jessica Shaw, who's a member of parliament for Swan Hills in Perth, uh, came out publicly uh, supporting Josie Farah. And just yesterday, uh, the media showed that uh, another couple of MPs, Cal McGinn, who's the member for Mining and Pastoral, and Darren West from uh, up Geraldton Way, uh, are, oppo- are opposed to fracking, really concerned about it. We know there's others inside the Labour Party who are opposed to it. We know the broad left of the unions have voted against it. The state executive of the Labour Party are against it. You've got four traditional owner groups in the Kimberley who are against it. All our polling shows that the vast majority of people in Western Australia do not support fracking. So um, it's really uh, perplexing to think that the Premier might be thinking about allowing fracking here when virtually no one else supports it apart from the industry itself. You mentioned there that you have uh, the support of uh, quite a few traditional owner groups there. And I, I read just uh, only, well, it was probably a week and a half ago, there were statements uh, from some of the groups there, including the, and excuse my pronunciation, but the Nyul Nyul and the Nikiana Mangala mobs up there have uh, came out very strongly in opposition to fracking in the Kimberley. Can you talk more about that and what the response has been like from uh, the, I guess, local indigenous population in terms of, uh, I guess, preparing to potentially protect their country against uh, fracking in the state's northwest? Well, uh, you know, there's a really strong sentiment uh, that um, I get from traditional owners across the Kimberley against fracking. 
And you're quite correct, the Nigina Mangala and the Nyungyul uh, came out. Yaru have opposed fracking since 2014. Um, the Walmajari people uh, are also opposed to fracking. And uh, these areas uh, cover very significant parts of the Kimberley. And, um, you know, the, the sense is that people really do not want this particular industry on their country. And uh, my feeling is that people are going to stand up very strongly to any attempt to bring drill rigs onto country. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be no doubt in my mind uh, a standoff and it's going to be a repeat of the James Price Point situation, except this time it's possibly going to be spread across the Kimberley and not just in one location. So, um, yeah, we're very concerned, uh, you know, about what this, this is going to mean. And um, it's also, you know, a very stressful kind of scenario that we're looking at. We suffered a, a lot of trauma from um, James Price Point and the, you know, the riot squad that was sent to Broome um, copying a lot of uh, abuse from pro-gas people. And so, um, yeah, and divisions it caused in town. So, yeah, we're, we're very concerned and um, we're very concerned for traditional owners as well. So, um, yeah, they, they also were given a promise uh, that they'd have veto rights over fracking at the last election. That's what the Labour Party promised them. Um, in a statement and uh, you know we're concerned that that's now being ditched and it's just a free-for-all for the fracking companies for very little gain for the average person in Western Australia. Indeed. Now, I, I guess before we talk a bit about the possibility of any sort of grassroots uh, campaign up there, similar to what we saw with James Price Point, it might be good to quickly go back to uh, you know why this this is happening now and why these rumours around the ALP lifting a the moratorium on fracking uh, are happening now. And I, I guess it's largely connected to the the so far unpublished results of the scientific inquiry chaired by. Dr. Tom Haddon, uh, it, it seems somewhat, I guess, completely, uh, uh, to, to be frank, quite insane that anyone within the scientific community would uh, would sort of release anything qu- uh, favourable uh, regarding fracking, especially considering what we've seen in the United States and also elsewhere in Australia. Uh, and and of, of course, I understand you wouldn't have a, a great deal of insight into this particular inquiry. But, uh, you know, from your perspective, what do you think the, the validity of this inquiry has been like? And, and you know, how... I guess, how much should people be uh, listening to this particular inquiry rather than, uh, you know, other scientific studies and environmental studies into fracking? Well, look, uh, you know, there's been studies uh, across the world that show that what fracking does is um, pollute uh, water, uh, it pollutes the air, it releases huge amounts of um, carbon dioxide and methane that is causing uh, runaway climate change. So um, to say that uh, scientifically it, it's safe um, is an impossibility because uh, we know that taking fossil fuels out the ground to start with is something that is damaging the earth. And you can see the effects of that. Um, all across the world, including in the southwest of Western Australia, which 
has been drying out since uh, the, the late 70s and uh, is in serious trouble in terms of its water supply. Um, but, um, you know, to, to say that we, we'd have this kind of industry and it'll be safe is, in my view, uh, a complete joke. Um, there's been three wells that have been fracked in the Kimberley since 2010. Uh, one of those wells was found to be leaking twice by a concerned uh, traditional owner. The state of the ponds in some of the uh, on some of the well pads was a disgrace, and um, and also then uh, just recently we found out that there was uh, radioactive water coming out of uh, one of the wells near Nukamba which is not far from the Fitzroy River. And, uh, you know, to, to say that this industry is safe when you've got that kind of stuff that's happened already for these test facts, uh, including ponds overflowing in the wet season, which we have photos of. We have photos of a dead dingo and a dead duck in Buru Energy ponds. Um, you know, it's, it's, we've got the evidence already with only three fracks. Uh, and we're potentially facing 40,000 gas wells across the Kimberley. So, uh, yeah, to say that industry, this industry could be safe is just ridiculous as far as we're concerned. Martin, we've already seen a, a massive campaign against fracking here in WA and elsewhere in Australia, a campaign that has really united, I guess, uh, people that often haven't been on the same side of politics, such as uh, farmers and environmentalists and, and many others, of course. Uh, you've almost, I guess, answered this question previously when you were talking about uh, James Price Point and similar campaigns in the Kimberley. But if the AOP do decide to lift the moratorium on fracking and, you know, we, we see this uh, potential move to frack the Kimberley, do you foresee, uh, you know, a massive community campaign and, a, you know, a grassroots sort of uh, campaign up there similar to what we saw of James Price Point and others and you know do you think that you know people will rally together to to fight this there's absolutely no doubt that um, when fracking rigs if they if they start coming into the Kimberley and start threatening groundwater um, and the precious landscapes that we've got here there's absolutely no doubt that the community is going to rise up. Um, there's already a snap action uh, ha- happening in Broome, five o'clock this afternoon. And, uh, you know, there's, we've got 6,000 people now who've signed our petition against fracking in the Kimberley. And that's been only been going a couple of weeks. And, you know, we're going to be um, continuing to build on the community sentiments against fracking here uh, we're going to facilitate that and make sure that um, even if the ALP uh, lifts the fracking on uh, the moratorium on fracking in, in the Kimberley uh, there's going to be a lot of pain and eventually we believe that we will stop fracking um, it might take uh, years who knows but, um, yeah, we're not going to take it lying down. And our campaign is now going to ramp up if a decision comes out um, in, in the short term. Martin Pritchard, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Thank you very much, Ray.